Pops in a pod. Pops in a pod. Hey everyone, welcome to Pops in a Pod. I'm Peter Pop. And I'm Nader Pop. And today we've got a very special guest and a very special episode coming up. But we have to put a couple of disclaimers on this, right? Because honestly, we've talked about relationships on and off. Today we're specifically going to talk about what it's like to be in a relationship post becoming parents. Peter and I have had so many conversations on air and off air and this is a topic that is kind of evergreen and thanks to the media it has really come out and um for this very precise reason we realized that okay let's sort of filter all this clutter and bring in an expert to talk about these things is from a relationship standpoint and today it's very specific you know post becoming parents uh, where does the relationship go in terms of intimacy and other things and we are joined by prachi vesh today first of all i must quickly say right this is not prachi's first time on the podcast so welcome back again on the podcast prachi thank you guys thank you so much it's always so much fun to be here and talk to you because i think you guys bring out some aspects of life which everybody should be talking about but we don't talk about enough so i'm always honored to be here thank you I'm apologizing in advance because I'm going to do an embarrassing thing, but we have to do your introduction, right? For all our listeners who haven't heard the previous episode, we link it in the show notes. But uh, for those who don't know, Prachi, Prachi is a clinical psychologist and psychotherapist. She's a certified clinical trauma specialist, and most importantly, she's the founder of Emotional Wellness Initiatives. She's also a mom to a 12-year-old boy. So, yeah, that's Prachi in a nutshell. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, you know what Prachi, let's kick things off, right? And I have to kind of preface this entire episode by saying, you know, while we are in 2022, when it comes to, you know, therapy, there's a lot of stigma, right? Like especially when it comes to couples. I mean, like let's not get into the individual thing also. Like when Nader and I were thinking about it, I was like, man, it's not been one of those things you tell your best friend that like, hey, you know what, we're going through couples counseling or therapy. So there's so much around it. And I think that's why we thought it'll be great to have a conversation because let's be honest, right? Like when these are things you don't share with your best friend, how do you share with others, right? And one thing that we've talked over the hundred odd episodes that we've had is parenting is something that fundamentally changes you, right? it's not just like physically i think a lot of focus is on the physical aspect but just emotionally mentally parenting completely changes you would would you agree with that <laughs> yeah i do i agree with that and uh, parenting is another subconscious switch that we carry in our minds you know and uh, we don't realize it most of the time but it triggers a lot of if we have our own parental wounds or uh, you know certain blueprints that we are carrying about how parenting is to be done or what parenting means anyway you know so all of that gets triggered when we become parents and uh, so many times we don't even catch it like we just turn into our parents in a lot of ways uh, even though we you've been very you think you've been very consciously trying to avoid it all your life 
but you end up finding yourself in the same place but we don't catch it so you're absolutely right that it's not just the physical change it's it's more in fact i i think it's more psychological than physical because the physical healing does happen but the psychological one needs awareness for it to begin you know that you've already i think sort of jump straight into that and there's so much stuff that we can you know talk about but to set a broad base right and then we can kind of taper down to or narrow it down to more specific things but what are the common issues that you have come across in your practice especially when talking to uh couples you know post parenting when it comes to building relationships whether it's emotional um, intimacy anything anything that you've come across mm, so post becoming parents the usual issues that i come across are generally people complain that they've drifted apart or uh, they've lost physical as well as emotional intimacy uh clashes in parenting styles are again a very very common issue that comes up in fact i once had a couple who just came in because they wanted couples therapy to become good co-parents there was no issue they said that you know with between us there is no issue but when it comes to parenting the kids we are at the opposite ends of the spectrum and we really don't know how to do that together so that is another issue that comes up and general fatigue like uh, psychological fatigue you know because um you get caught in these loops on a daily basis uh, where you you know one parent is trying to do something the other one is trying to do something something is working something is not working and then you are also going through these child rearing patterns on a daily basis which causes a lot of psychological fatigue and there is no respite there is no break really that you can take from becoming or being a parent so these are some of the common issues that i see but as a couple yes i do see a lot of uh, drifting apart that happens as far as intimacy is concerned yeah and i i think at least to start off with let's talk about just the fact how fundamentally you men and women look at parenting very differently right i mean i i can be honest here right because my wife and i have talked about this is the the moment like she became a mom like for her it was a physical transformative experience right so automatically and like for me it was just like okay now what do i do kind of thing right like there's no manual there's no book that kind of prepares you for this moment and when it comes to just mentally you're at this point you're like when i think about it it was me and my wife now suddenly there's a third person and i have no idea what to do right like where's my role in all of this and i think that's partly what you're talking about also right you're just and it's so much like while i'm talking about it in such a simple manner it's also just the fact that you're not only trying to keep your relationship alive you're also now trying to keep a third human being alive right which i think for some people can be existential also true very true we transition from one relationship to another you know when you got married you transition from one relationship to another and then becoming parents is another step ahead in that and that transition obviously leaves you with a lot of role confusion because now you're juggling three roles individual a half of a couple and half of a parent so now it's two two from three suddenly the number of balls that you're juggling has gone up 
right uh, and then what happens uh, then yes then this this confusion happens and people get uh, stuck people don't uh, know and you're right i mean you're you're trying to keep a new life alive that pretty much i'm sure you know feels like a uh, like an emergency firefighting you know like if you were an emergency responder and suddenly there was this person that you were trying to just keep alive somehow and keep afloat i think that's what it probably feels like i can think back to my days and i'm like every breath every sound you know everything had to have meaning oh my god why is he crying like this why is he you know not doing this why is he doing that everything you you are hyper focused and you're you know hyper sensitive and hyper vigilant also this is from a parenting standpoint and i think both peter and i will agree with you right like women go through so many changes physiologically speaking emotionally we've spoken about postpartum um we've spoken about the fact that even uh, obviously men also experience uh, this right but what happens is that i think once you become parents your um mind is diverted now to this new person like you know as you mentioned that you're hyper focused on things but then what about your original partner uh, so, you know so so as to speak um what what happens to that relationship and this this is common issue that you know we've we've heard in very circles we've also obviously read about it is getting back to having sex right your 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 you being intimate and obviously those levels also change once you become a parent and there's so many other various aspects you know depending on the kind of delivery you have the doctor's advice uh varies obviously but it is much more than just the physical aspect you did touch upon the whole psychological bit right but is there a sort is there a cycle is there a is there a commonality that every couple goes through this and yes it has to be worked together what what are your thoughts on that so i'll address the part that you mentioned uh in the earlier part of what you were saying that it's uh, more than just medical advice or more than just the you know the physical aspect of it and uh honestly getting back to sexual intimacy after having a baby uh is very rarely uh, a hurdle due to medical reasons when there is there is but otherwise it is most of it is because both partners go through a lot in attaining parenthood uh if you look at the mother side her body goes through a tremendous change evolutionarily also her mother switch goes on you know which is uh, solely geared towards the offspring's nurturing and protection that becomes her sole focus for quite some time that's how evolution designed it uh then another interesting thing that i've noticed happens is that the society generated madonna whore complex have you have you heard of it this is a madonna whore com- concept oh, where the first time we've heard of this uh you know you can either be a, a, a pure soul like a madonna or you can be lustful you can't overlap these two things and this conditioning lies with both men and women right so uh, when for a man to see his wife as a sexual being uh along with the mother of his child can sometimes be conflicting and same thing for a woman also when she thinks about her own role in a mother's role she cannot think of 
quote unquote sinful things like lust right that creates a very big mess inside our heads because obviously you're craving the intimacy that you used to have but somehow it just doesn't feel right while you know you have your baby right there with you and now you've you've gone into this role uh now talking about the father he obviously feels alienated um the body that he intimately knew is now claimed by another little person right and he is unsure of how to reconnect with that body the father is unsure again because now there's a baby also that has different needs but uh equally intimate needs which require the mother's body to be present right uh the wife for him now looks more like his child's mother he misses his partner he misses his companion uh and this just makes them drift wider and wider they blame each other you don't want it no you want it all the time like can't you see i'm tired why can you just not think beyond sex what is wrong with you and uh obviously you know the man also struggles with this because it's not that that's all he wants but for him probably that's how he's craving the intimacy that's how he's craving the connection with the partner and then suddenly there is this new being in the middle who he wants to love and loves but is also creating a little bit of a a, a contradiction between his his partner who used to be his partner so all of this you know together leads to this whole complex mess of uh, intimacy that happens to people who are new parents and then they just find themselves pretty lost you used a, a very like a key operative term which is new parents right so does that mean this condition has an expiry date and eventually you know you kind of get back to what you were and then you say ke ha bhi ho gaya na bachcha bhi theek hai bhi whatever he, he or she will manage and then like does it always happen that there is a cycle or there is a graph that okay okay not happening not happening not happening okay great we are back to what we were at one point in time <laughs> right yeah i think there is i think there is uh, but i will add a disclaimer here it uh, some of it depends on what parenting uh, blueprint has triggered for you in your mind once you become a parent so for some people it it is not an easy experience in fact in some cases it can be a traumatic experience also especially if you've had a conflicted relationship with your own parent so this goes on a completely different tangent but more often than not like honestly all of us have had difficulties with our parents and you know we've we've kind of uh, learned our ways around it right so even if that gets triggered some of it may not show in our personal intimate relationship so after let's say you know a certain age when the children become a bit independent in the sense that you know it's, it's not an infant anymore that you need to care about i do see that the desire comes back and the desire is usually the first step in establishing the physical intimacy because tab tak to desire hi nahi hota hai to then you can't i mean everything looks forced right or or looks out of sync but the desire does start to come back and when the desire starts to come back and if the partners are conscious of it uh they can lean into the desire and then things just kind of you know come back to usual sometimes some people actually report being better than before 
because now you know you've had this gap and then you like come back with with like a vengeance <laughs> yeah like they say right distance <laughs> makes the heart fonder but in this yeah. scenario it's different but i have to ask yeah. you right i mean like of course now my son is older and a lot of times with my wife and me we have these conversations where we kind of get nostalgic and talk about when it used to be just us and and i think that's tough right because you have a reference point in your relationship what it used to be like and sometimes you get so caught up getting nostalgic that you don't enjoy your present right and i think this if i felt it was only us then it would be strange but i'm pretty sure there are a lot of parents some of the listeners may also kind of relate to this right because there's so much happening and the way the way i describe parenting is it's like steps right you think you reach a certain step and you're done and then you realize no no there's <laughs> a lot more right uh, to go yeah but for, for at least those listening and maybe those who will get here right uh, what do you say for parents who are in a similar position like us mm uh are you raising a very important point where you're saying that you know we get nostalgic about what used to be uh i think when it comes to especially romantic relationships i think this is the biggest mind block that we all face where we think that if i've enjoyed a certain phase of my relationship uh this is how it should stay we have a tendency to kind of you know want to cling to that uh and when it starts to shift we feel we automatically assume that it's shifting because we are missing something out or we are losing something from the relationship but we need to really start looking at this as again transitional phases you know like when you start dating you are in a certain phase we call this new relationship energy nre right where lot of your uh, and there's actually a technical term for it it's called limerence you know that that whole new relationship phase wow you're just dropping all these new <laughs> terms for us brilliant yeah yeah okay, wait, wait so... till the reels hit on instagram now <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in that phase you know you feel differently you're so pulled by your partner and you're investing all your time you know talking 5 hours into the night and all of that is happening then you get to uh, a a deeper stage where you know maybe you moved into marriage and then for some time it feels like oh but like why is that not happening anymore because we are living together okay fine it makes sense that we don't talk on the phone for 5 hours at night but at least we are together and all of that but sometimes still there it starts to come in right like oh now you don't woo me like you used to or you know now i don't feel the butterflies uh the way i used to you know when you come home from work and all of that which is a natural thing because there your body was producing certain hormones which were supposed to bring you together and now the need for that is gone because now you have mated and you become partners so now it has shifted to a deeper intimacy but if we don't recognize this as a required shift because your body cannot stay in limerence forever because if that were to happen you would actually be hopping from relationship to relationship never finding stability you're always craving the novelty never really realizing that you know a stable relationship will become plateaued out which some people interpret as boring right so it's the same thing that when you transition to the parenthood also the intimacy model will shift uh new things will come up for each other but we continue to expect our partners to uh 
स्टे द सेम हजबेंड और वाइफ रोल दैट वी हैव सीन सो फार बिफोर वी बिकेम पेरेंट्स सो दिस इज समथिंग दैट वी रियली नीड टू रीफ्रेम स्टार्ट रीफ्रेमिंग दैट जस्ट बिकॉज द इंटीमेसी फील इज चेंजिंग इट डजेंट मीन दैट वी आर मिसिंग आउट ऑन समथिंग we need not be nostalgic about it we actually can be uh we can be cognizant of it and we can take pride in how far we've come in in our journey and we can look at this as a journey that we've made rather than thinking oh we left that behind you didn't leave anything behind you're still carrying it with you there are so many things i want to ask but i'm going to i'm going to pick on what you what you just said uh right now in in terms of uh you know that so right now how we are having a conversation now this is this is going to be published it's going to be out in the public uh, people are going to listen uh, about this and this is just you know information coming from an expert like yourself but do you still think that couples especially right and we are talking about married couples right now still face that problem ki yaar ye kaise baat kar sakte you know how, how can we talk about this even though the information is out there right you can just go on the biggest search engine in the world type in the keywords and you'll get your answers or you know listen to pops in a pod this specific episode with prachi and you'll get whatever information that you're seeking um, do you still think that there is this invisible wall that they just cannot seem to shatter and talk openly about it i think so i think there is and i i feel like that comes from this idea that if somehow i'm not able to figure out my life then there's something wrong with me you know uh i was just telling someone the other day that you know every time you join a new job you're taken through an orientation training right and y- usually the job that you pick is something that you've trained and studied for still you're taken through an orientation training but life you're supposed to figure out by trial and error all by yourself no orientation given no bridge courses nothing i'm i'm sorry this brings to mind the meme or something that went viral i think you saw that tweet right it's like we bring kids into this world with no orientation and nothing how are they supposed to navigate it right yeah that should happen it should happen for all phases of life you should have an orientation program for dating you should have an orientation program for marriage for parenthood uh prep to become parents really needs to start in the pregnancy stage because otherwise you are just dreaming of this uh this movie like uh pregnancy that is going to happen and then you know you're going to have this angel like baby who's just going to be you know you're going to shower them with kisses and they will sleep all night and you know you will go on your date nights it doesn't <laughs> nobody is ready what are date nights prachi please tell us <laughs> <laughs> exactly no one knows <laughs> right but then we never prepare for it because no one is willing to talk about these very real things oh wow you've become you know you guys are pregnant amazing enjoy this you know oh wow it's going to be so wonderful i mean let's talk about the real stuff right so this is exactly what is happening we are not getting the right orientation training for every phase of life that we step into and that's again coming because i think there is some sort of a a, a bravado associated with figuring life all by yourself uh 
you can seek professional support the moment your computer gets hanged right you will call up it and you will call customer service and you will make you will give them hell but you can't call a therapist if your life is stuck and that's uh, you know that's strange so i think this is the right time to bring this up right because when we were doing prep for this episode and we were reading up there's an article that kind of very aptly describes what you're talking about right where it literally says relationships need updates just like a new operating system for your phone except you can't just click a button and fix the bugs so i'm pretty sure yeah, that's, that's exactly what, what lines are saying right 100% 100% you uh, don't come with a manual for life nobody comes with a manual for life uh if we did have a manual we could still probably try and figure it out by ourselves so if we don't have it uh where is the shame in you know seeking professional guidance support or even tools for that matter like if someone were to tell me that okay you're going into dating here are your tools you know this is what you can use to uh make sure that you land up with a healthy partner what's wrong with that but i think the stigma is actually coming from the whole uh not understanding the difference between illness and health right we are using professional support as a treatment model only so treatment obviously means that i have to be ill first so nobody is thinking that i can use this as a proactive measure to become a better version of myself everybody is thinking that okay unless and until i reach this like extreme verge of breakdown i don't need someone like that and i think probably the the mental health fraternity also has a responsibility in that where they need to be talking about this that you can really use this as a as an improvement or an enrichment tool rather than only thinking of it as a treatment i i think at this stage prevention is better than cure works really really well because that's <laughs> yeah. exactly really really well yeah that that's exactly what we are thinking and it's you've put it so well that unless and until we realize that something is broken then only will you go and try and fix it right but when it comes to these sort exactly. of very delicate um conversations and you know especially when you spoke about mental health you don't know because you can't see anything so you just assume that you're not broken to yeah. like you fix karna hai hum ha pata hai i'll figure it out that that yeah. whole indian mentality ha figure kar lenge kuch to ho jayega exactly. I, i think it kind exactly. of sort of gets in that way uh, sorry peter i know you had a question but i i just wanted to add over here um in in your professional setup and because you you've had uh you know couples coming in and having a conversation who is more forthcoming um in in that couple you know bringing up these issues is it the woman or is it the man it's the woman usually uh to be very honest it's usually the women who will come in and initiate the conversation of couples therapy also and then the man would be like brought into it later <laughs> it's very rarely that happens but uh, to be fair there are men also i mean there are couples who will come together right from the beginning but yes when you say forthcoming women i think are more forthcoming because again i feel like it's social conditioning like women are just naturally inclined to be okay with being vulnerable with someone else and i think men struggle with that uh and uh, you know there was this whole thing we were having a discussion recently where uh, the whole 
idea of how we get men to open up to talk about themselves is also not being approached in the right way like it's okay for men to cry what if men don't want to cry like it's fine yeah. right i mean he doesn't want to cry but then it's okay like he can he can talk about something that's bothering him and that will still be equally valid even if he's not crying right so why are we trying to get men to open up like women open up it doesn't make any sense yes do they need to feel their feelings do they need to talk yes but then we also need to make a very conducive environment for the man to be able to open up i don't need to make him feel like a woman or you know like how she does it for him to for for me to validate his experience so yeah so that way yes the women are more forthcoming but i think if once things pick up flow and men also start to feel like okay this is a safe space and they are forth then they you like you know open up no yeah, that's so true what you said because i was just kind of reflecting right i mean like we want to talk about equalities of gender and we want to talk about non gendered roles and things like that but when it comes to things like you can cry like a woman what does that mean right that's still yeah. putting uh, gendered roles in a way or certain behavioral trends right uh But exactly which which kind of brings me to the point i wanted to ask you when you mentioned just the fact that you know how our parents were right and i think that's you mentioned at the start it's important just in a way how our parents were it has an impact and when you were talking about just the fact that acknowledging that you need help or even like well we nicely sitting three of us discussing prevention is better cure for a lot of people they don't recognize those signs right mm-hmm. uh, what is prevention what is cure those kind of lines get kind of blurred uh, mm-hmm. would you say that it's also conditioning just that you know we're told that you know problem hai to it should stay at home right you don't yeah. need to be uh, discussing your problems so it's also i think a lot of these things come with the emotion of shame it's seen in a wrong way right so the fact that whenever it brings up the fact that i should talk to someone it's immediately is that something that you've come across is that something that you've seen absolutely it's all around us right uh, like i was saying earlier that you know there's some sort of a uh, a bravado involved in like just figuring it out yourself like it's life it happens to everyone figure it out right why do you need to lean on someone else for support uh because i think we uh, we are conditioned to think that if there is a battle that comes your way you're not considered victorious until you are bloodied and you know dismembered <laughs> you can't uh would you send someone into a battlefield without a shield and a sword right but then you definitely go through the entire battlefield of life with no weapons in hand no shields in hand taking all kinds of uh, shit that comes your way but don't speak about it because if you speak about it you are uh, you're weak and you you know you don't have your act together you see this so many times in in caregivers right people who are who are like uh, long term caregivers to people who like to aging parents maybe or you know to somebody in the family or something like that uh caregiving is such a uh, angle where people would 
would not be allowed to express any kind of irritation anger displeasure from the caregiver role because that just immediately minimizes it you know everything that they are doing for the person they are caring about it minimizes it and this happens to mothers also since we are talking about parenthood uh, a m- mother or a father would not have the space to come and say that you know what i am exhausted uh, taking care of this baby because then immediately you will have platitudes coming in like oh but then you know parenthood is like the best thing of life and you should be enjoying it like just be happy just change your attitude immediately people would rush in with that and then you then you obviously will start thinking that okay maybe there's something wrong with me because if if like 99 people are enjoying it then i'm the odd one out just to kind of wrap up right because we covered like a gamut of stuff right especially in terms of a lot of things and at, at this point if someone's listening will be like okay we get the point right like there's a lot of things but let's avoid the listicle five things you can do and all of that what would you say like just to start off with right in terms of just identification what are some of the things that you can start off with couples having a conversations among themselves right because i think it all starts with just that mm-hmm. conversation with then kind of leads to other things so simple things that you would suggest or smaller things that our listeners uh, who are parents can kind of implement i think my biggest tip for couples no matter what stage of life they are in is never give up curiosity always be curious towards your relationship and towards your partner which means that when they do something which is inconvenient to us or which we don't understand instead of passing a mental judgment and thinking oh he always does this i know this is why he does this instead of assigning motives to their actions we will at least be able to be curious and ask hey why did you do that can you tell me that itself takes care of like 50% of the conflict in in most cases if we can just learn to be curious uh if i have to uh connect this more to you know the topic that we are discussing today of you know how how we juggle multiple roles and how do we kind of you know come back to uh the idea that now i'm going to be a partner and a parent and all of that how to smoothen that process uh you know people who are secure in their self worth they are able to do it very well when your sense of worth uh, doesn't get tied to one role right uh so what i mean is usually the thought process goes like if i do xyz i'm not a good mother uh, aka a bad person okay or uh, a useless person or the man might think if she gives more time to my child that means she doesn't find me attractive or unlovable okay so uh if we want to learn to navigate this well we have to work on individual selves first like our own selves our own self worth that is also true for every stage of the relationship uh identify your trigger points what makes you feel unloved rejected ignored and then you can learn connection bids to counter that so if if a certain behavior in my partner makes me feel unloved or or rejected and i can identify that within myself i can go and have a conversation with them that hey when you do this it makes me feel like this can we do this instead 
so we are moving towards our partners instead of away from our partners and this is a very common thing that happens we turn away instead of turning inward every time there is a little bit of a friction and it's a very common human tendency also so before you know it you are like two separate islands living in the same house doing your own thing and very comfortable in your comfort zones which obviously affects sexual intimacy also because the body needs to be continuously reminded what touch feels like so basically just consciously always making an effort to turn inward rather than outward just asking yourself what can i do right now to turn inward toward my partner rather than turning away from them i think that is uh, that is a foolproof method that will work in every kind of conflict every kind of situation every kind of stage of a relationship i think there are so many couples out there who i'm pretty sure i think no most of these things it's just taking that first step and having that conversation first with each other i think i, I think that is so important right that you need to have this conversation with each other get on the same page and then try and take the take the next yeah. step uh, i i think it's the first step that becomes the most difficult and um you know that's where that's where prachi i think you you sort of come in where you sort of help <laughs> you know these couples out and say okay navigate yeah i get it you know it's it's uncomfortable it's really uncomfortable because we are all prisoners of our own uh stories and narratives that we are telling ourselves right so i do get it that is very uncomfortable to turn towards your partner and be truly vulnerable we are all busy being fragile nobody is actually being vulnerable there's a difference right so i get it that it's very uncomfortable and uh bris yeah it's just about taking that step and maybe taking it with the right tools in place and that's why i i keep insisting that if only we can work on ourselves individually also it does have a ripple effect on the relationship as well so it will bring in some positive aspects back to your relationship your communication and all of that so yeah true you know prachi you've left nadir and me with a lot to think about and i'm sure you've done the same with our listeners Th- thanks so much for taking time out and sharing with us and just telling us more i mean if nothing else you've at least taken a few new terms that we've never heard of before <laughs> right <laughs> and and being curious i think that was a great takeaway for me at least that you always remain curious we keep telling our kids all the time that ha ask questions ask this ask that but i think today yeah. um we we are on on that side and you know constantly remain curious to keep that relationship alive so thanks so much prachi really really appreciate that you remove time uh, at night and and having this conversation with us um but uh, thanks so much and uh, prachi if people want to reach out to you how how should they do that they can absolutely go to my website the emotionalwellnessinitiatives.com and we have a team of therapists and every therapist has their own specialty areas you can absolutely reach out connect with any of us we are on instagram at as uh, my emotional wellness so you can reach us there as well and yeah absolutely we are welcome uh, you are welcome to come and get in touch with us and uh, we'll help you in whatever way we can awesome and as always uh, if you're still tuned in You know how to reach out to us. We're popsinapod at gmail dot com, and you can also reach us out on social media. Just type popsinapod, and we'll be there. Um, yeah, we put some great, great reels. Prashi loves them. Uh, I'm, I'm sure so will I you. Do. <laughs> 
so yeah if there are any any comments that you'd like to add to that go ahead do that if you all if you all want to connect us with some um you know other interesting guests then please do that and we'll ensure that we we reach out but until next week thank you so much for listening to us and we are pops in a pod and i'm another pop and i'm peter pop see you guys next week bye